Hello and welcome to Philly and the Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today. NFL free agency, March Madness. All right, time to cash in. Joe, let's kick it off. We are now on, was it day three of NFL free agency? I have a starting five for you, and we're going to jump right in. Stay in the NFC East to start off. I think the Giants have had an interesting offseason. They have re-signed their starting quarterback, Daniel Jones. They have franchise tag Saquon Barkley, and now they have traded for Darren Waller, which I think is actually a really nice piece in this offense, uh, considering the lack of weapons they had on the outside last year. Uh, the the Daniel Jones contract early on seems like a lot of money, but if you look ar- around the league and see what some of the other contracts are, especially in the NFC, it actually doesn't seem too bad. So what are your thoughts on on the Giants and the FC East? Well, yeah, Daniel Jones is, you know, a, a quarterback in the a starting quarterback in the NFL who's coming off of his best season. So you're right. You, you kind of have to pay him and and what they got him for. Of course, it looks like a lot of money, but that's what's happening with, with the NFL quarterbacks are making uh, incredible sums of money and, you know, so much real about Daniel Jones, but you know, he, he probably does of the op. I mean, what are the other options for, yeah, for, exactly. for the, for the giants? You know, you, you have, you know, you hope with, with Waller and, and, you know, some, some improvements to the defense, you might have, have a chance to playoffs again. You have a really good coach. Um, you know, you're not going to burn the whole thing down and try to draft a quarterback or something and trade up and all that. So, you know, I think that they did what they had to do. It was probably the best option for the team. Um, I think franchise tagging Saquon Barkley was, I don't don't know, again, another guy coming off his best season, but he kind of broke down towards the end of the year. And then, you know, by the playoff game against the Eagles, I, I, I think he had maybe a run for 20 yards and finished with like, you know, 42 or something total. So it broke down a little bit, but, but again, you know, I think that, uh, I think that he showed that he still, you know, still has it after after a couple of knee injuries. Um, so I think that they're they're in in good shape. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, all the smoke clears, it's I think the NFC East is going to be the best division of football again. Um, yeah. the, you know, the way the Cowboys are adding pieces, Giants, of course, um, and you know the Eagles are, are doing doing their thing. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see when when you know free agency and the draft is over and we evaluate you know all four teams in the NFC East. It's it's going to be just a great great division. Number two on the starting five. The Dolphins made a, a huge splash in free agency. They uh, traded for Jalen Ramsey with a third round pick, but that's not what I'm. Uh, I want to talk about. I want to talk about the signing of Mike White, and this seems like an under the radar type signing, but this is a guy who at the time knows the Jets' offense better than anyone else on the on the planet, right? And if you look at the competition within the league this year or within the AFC East, it is. The Bills, who we expect to be good again. The Dolphins taking another step forward with hopefully a, a healthy Tua, a second-year head coach. Uh, with, uh, and finally, you have the Jets, who made a big splash today. It's not yet official, but they will be getting Aaron Rodgers. So how big of a deal is it to have have a guy like this, have a backup quarterback? It's, it's what Belichick has done for so many years in this division, but yeah. to, to sort of get the inside scoop on, on the other team. Yeah, this is quietly one of my favorite things in sports. Like when one team makes a move just specifically to beat another team. Um, you know, the, the best example of this in, in Philly sports is when the Sixers had Andrew Tony. Um, the Celtics signed a player. I I want to say his name was was Kevin Johnson, but it wasn't Kevin Johnson. Um, but they signed a player 
simply just to guard Andrew Tony because Andrew Tony just killed the Celtics and that's what they needed to stop him. Um, so I love the gamesmanship. I think it is, you know, and, and look, Mike, if Mike, if Mike White was not a reliable quarterback, if, if something happened to Tua, they probably don't, they probably don't make this, make the signing. So I think you get that, but you also, you have this inside track on the Jets now. I think it's, it's an awesome piece of gamesmanship. I hate Mike Daniel, but I, but I respect this move. Number three on the starting five. The Chicago Bears have traded the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. They're trading the the Panthers are trading the number nine pick and number 61 pick in this year's draft, along with their first round pick next year, their second round pick in 2025, and starting wide receiver DJ Moore. Chicago has had a my favorite offseason so far. So what they've done is late last year. They trade for a wide receiver. This year, they trade for a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. They moved back a few spots in the draft. They knew that they didn't need a quarterback and other teams do. With the ninth overall pick, they're probably going to take the top offensive lineman in this year's class. Although it's a down year, they're still going to get a a quality starter at offensive line. There's guys coming out from Ohio State, Northwestern. To be able to get that type of of player to pair with Tua along with the wide receivers. And we've seen this play out last year with Tua in uh, in Miami and the Dolphins, them going out and getting Tyreek Hill. We saw it with the Eagles going out and getting A.J. Brown. When you have a quarterback on a rookie contract, you're going to try and put all the pieces in place to at least see what do we have with this guy. And the Bears have had, in my opinion, the best offseason so far. What's your take? Uh, let's go back to the, the trade itself. So when the trade was made, I just said, oh, my God, the Panthers just got absolutely fleeced. That's humiliating because I said they're probably going to draft Anthony Rich- Anthony Richardson because they're impressed that he's good at exercising at the combine. <laughs> I, I, I need we need like I need somebody to really explain the combine to me. Like, I understand being fast is an advantage, being strong is an advantage, but it's just like, like, I don't know, Brenton Strange is putting up you know, 23 reps in the bench press and this tight end's putting up 24. You're going to draft this tight end round before. So like, it just doesn't make, it just makes no sense to me. So Anthony Richardson makes, gets this, you know, big head of steam because he's literally the best at exercising, which is nuts. So then, you know, I said, I don't trust Richardson. I don't trust Bryce Young. Uh, just, you know, and Hey, Jalen hurts a small Bryce Young's really, really, really small, really small. I don't trust him. And I don't trust Will Levis. So and Jalen hurts is not small. He's short. Short. That's yeah. Short. You're right. That is a good distinction because Bryce Young is short and small, yes. short and thin. Um, then I heard that they're picking Stroud, and I said, okay, that's one quarterback that I actually trust. That guy is really, really, really good. Now I still think the Bears won that trade because absolutely. I mean, and the Bears had they don't need a quarterback, so they had everything going for them. They can they can. I think you know you mentioned Paris Johnson at um, Ohio State and and Peter Skronsky from Northwest. I think they'll probably take Peter Skronsky. Um, and like we said, he's, you know, it's not the the strongest draft class, but, you know, and I hate bringing like stuff like this up, but, you know, Jason Kelsey was the best center to ever live and he was drafting the sixth round. So, you know, maybe it is a better draft class, you know, when, when we look back on it in a couple of years, it's hard to say it's a bad draft class now because no one's been, Very no true. one's played in Very NFL true. down. Um, so, yeah, I think the Panthers still won the trade. I mean, I'm sorry, I think the Bears still won the trade, but I think the Panthers have something interesting going. Just before we hopped on, they signed Miles Sanders to four years. That didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I think he's a good running back. I think maybe, you know, he gets a nice opportunity there. They have some good pieces there at running back already, and maybe the kind of a similar situation that Sanders was in this year. Um, but I think that, you know, the Bears absolutely have, you know, they have a great opportunity right now. I think Justin Fields is going to probably go off as a favorite to win the MVP, if I'm not mistaken. I think that jumped like 
he might be second or third at this point behind maybe Mahomes and Hurts. Um, but I think that's a <laughs> to get that bet in now because it's gonna change. Um, so yeah, they have they have more weapons with them. You know, the guy obviously can can run. Uh, yeah, Bears are in really good shape. I still think they they won the trade, but um, hearing the Panthers are gonna take Stroud makes it a little bit easier for me to swallow. And if I were a Pan- Panthers fan, and I said, all right, we now have Frank Reich with the quarterback he wants. We we might be in pretty good shape too down the road. And right now, Fields is 10th to win the MVP. He's at plus 2,000. Oh, bet it now. Bet it now. Number four on the starting five. There have been several moves to happen through the Eagles offseason. And I want to start with players that have been re-signed. And I want to know what your thoughts on are on which player is going to have the biggest impact for the Eagles. So first we have Kelsey re-signed one year, 14.25 million, Bradbury, three years, 38 million, Boston Scott, one year, 2 million. They signed Rashad Penny for one year, 1.3 million, bringing back Fletcher Cox one year, 10 million. And uh, just before free agency, they re-signed Brandon Graham for one year, 6 million. Which of these moves is going to help the Eagles most next year? I think Bradbury's signing does, um, you know, Kelsey coming back is great. Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, both coming back, uh, kind of on team friendly deals to probably retire as Eagles. Um, that's, that's nice to have those pieces. Um, but I think that Bradbury is coming off such a strong year. No, I, I mean, I, I, when we went into this, I, I didn't think there was any possibility he resigned with the Eagles because he was going to command a ton of money. And I didn't think the Eagles were going to be the ones to pay for it. Um, now we're here like, we, we thought they were going to part ways with, with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, but it looks like they're trying to work something out with him. Then we heard they were going to part ways with Slay, but now they're trying to work something out with him. Even if they don't work something out with either of those guys, you have Devin Witherspoon and you have Joey Porter Jr. sitting there at 10. So you're going to get a, you're going to get your cornerback there. I, I I can't imagine unless they they resign you know, one of these two guys, uh, which they went up. But I think that, that, that Bradbury coming off such a strong year – it really has has the possibility to be, you know, he already, I mean, last year he was one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. I think this year he could take even another step. Um, so I think that that's the most important one. Um, right behind that, I think, is, is Kelsey. So I think, you know, with the Kelsey signing, um, you're probably going to start working Cam Jurgens in a lot more. I don't know that they'll resign Samalu, or he may have even gone somewhere else already, and I just missed it. But um, so I think that you have, you know, Jurgens start and play guard. Then, you know, maybe Kelsey retires after this season. Um, Jurgen's going to have a lot of experience, obviously a guard, but you can move him over to center and, you know, keep that consistency with the offensive line going and, and keep developing players there. Um, but, but as of right now, I think the Bradbury signing, I think he's, you know, the best player that they've, they've gotten back. I was surprised by how much money Fletcher Cox received because from his performance last year, he didn't do much to stand out. I think the team's really been handed over or the defensive line's been handed over to Jordan Davis. We lost Hargraves. Maybe that goes into it, but $10 million for, for Fletcher Cox. Is that just like a goodwill payment for him being, you know, restructuring his deals so many times over the years and, and almost bringing him back just as more of a, a mentor for a guy like Jordan Davis, because his own field performance, I don't think qualifies for a $10 million contract. No, that's, that's part of it. I wonder what, what's guaranteed though. Um, in, in that contract, because it might not be 10 million guaranteed. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, he, Fletcher Cox is is not he's not up to the level of guys who make 10 million dollars a year. But I guess you get to a point where and, and they reported that he had other offers from teams for more than that, um, which is surprising because this guy's on the down down slope of his career for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he has a Brandon Graham resurgence like Graham had, you know, this past season. I don't see it. Um but I think that that's what you have to pay them. That's that's what the market is, you know, indicating, and um, they probably, you know, realistically got to got to deal with it. I, I think it's a lot of money, but you know, I think they got to deal with it. 
number five on the starting five, the contrary to the previous question. So of the guys that have left in free agency, so far we have Hargrave signing with San Fran for four years, 84 million. We have Dillard signing with Tennessee for three years, 29 million. TJ Edwards signing with Chicago for three years, 19.5 million. Epps signing with the Vegas Raiders for two years, 12 million. Kazir White signing with Arizona, two years, 11 million. Uh, Slay has been released at this point. They still could sign him, but they mm-hmm. released him to, uh, they cut him so that he is a free agent now. And then Sanders just signed with Carolina, as you mentioned earlier. Which of these moves is going to hurt the Eagles the most in uh, the upcoming season? Well, it's, it's Hargrave because I think he's the best best player of that bunch. I have no concern really over the linebacking spot. Um, you know, N'Kobe Dean is going to start playing a lot more. Um, you know, I, I, we talked about this during the season where it was just like, ah, man, this guy must suck. Like he just must not be able to play at all. Cause he wasn't, he wasn't playing at all on defense. And then he gets in a couple of plays. Like, wait a minute, he can play. And then he gets in some more and like, Oh wait, this guy can play. And then all the reports are like, this guy's good. You know, they're just taking the time with him. So I think the Kobe Dean slide, slides up. Now you have a new linebacking coach who was previously the defensive uh, coordinator for temple uh, DJ Elliott who also coached, um, it, you know, he's, he's always been a college guy. So I think, and he was, a, I think it was a Kansas before, I believe he was there before Lance Leipold took over Kansas, but you have DJ Elliott who, who definitely has a pulse on college football. So you may be able to find a steal in the draft um, at linebacker, you know, with, with his insight now. So I'm not concerned about there. I mean, Hargrave was the best player. He, I, I, you know, I said it, he was definitely playing like one of the best defense tackles in the NFL, but if he's going to get that kind of money and he's like 30 years old, that, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. The Eagles are not going to pay it. Uh, great player. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough to lose him. Of course, you have Jordan Davis now. I, I was hoping that, um, you know, by, by some miracle, you could have him and Davis rather than Davis and Cox. But, you know, it was going to be really tough and, and it proved to be. So, um, you know, I think Davis could really make a step this year and we'll forget all about Javon Hargrave. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, for what he did last year, he, he really played, played well. So that's going to be, that's going to be a tough loss and just losing depth on, on either line is, is always hard. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, I totally agree. That's Hargraves is, is the biggest loss and the other positions. I mean, if you think of Epps, you think of Dillard, even Sanders to some extent, they're really just the reason that the Eagles were able to make it to the Super Bowl. They, they, they weren't the game changers, but when a guy went down, some of these players were able to step in without really any of those hiccups. So yep. it allowed the Eagles to just continue as, as normal. Everyone picks up the, the slack and, and you keep moving forward. The, the linebacker position is interesting though. And I think we see, we know that Hertz contract is coming up. So we have one more year of him on a rookie deal. And that's when you can see sort of these, I'm going to call them goodwill contracts to not so much Kelsey, but to Graham and to Cox, where you're paying these guys now because you know, next year, and I'm sure this was in the conversation next year, they're going to have to pay uh Hertz. So they're not going to be able to bring these guys back at, at yep. these type of contracts. Right. So when you think about that, there's, the linebacker position is a position where you can save some money and having a guy like Nicobe Dean, who is going to be on a rookie scale contract for the next three years. And he was drafted in, was it the third or fourth round? He's not making a lot of money. Right. So having a guy at that position who can be a starter for three years, who you don't have to pay is going to be extremely beneficial when you're having to pay Hertz a large sum of money and just being able to guarantee you have a star at that position. So I think that draft pick, uh, I think a lot of people in Philadelphia liked at the time because of how talented this guy was at Georgia, but I think it's really going to to play out better than we expected because of the the timing of the contract to, uh, to pair with Hertz. 
Yeah, it's a perfect, perfect scenario. And I mean, all signs indicate he's going to play well. Um, you know, TJ Edwards played played really well this this past season. That, that yeah. is a loss. And and Kaiser White was up and down a little bit, but had some moments. So, but I think that you know, just having that kind of uh, like you said, that kind of that kind of talent on that kind of money is is so important in the NFL, especially when you have a quarterback you have to pay. So I would love if they resigned CJ Garner Johnson. Do you think uh, with the release of Slay today that it is a lock for the Eagles to take a cornerback at number 10 in the draft. 100%. Yeah. They're taking Witherspoon or or Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, 100%. And that the is only, if they don't if they don't ha- if they don't re-sign Slay or CJ Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, the the only other thing I can think of is like if the Eagles just they they go boring and they they take an offensive lineman, right? Because if you have say Milo, such a, yeah. He, he hasn't re-signed yet. You're um, you're you just lost Dillard as a as a backup, yeah, yeah. and you know Kelsey's going to be gone next year. Do they just start to rebuild it now? And it's it's not a sexy pick, but it's why we've been we've had a great offensive line for a majority of our lifetime, and having a good yeah. offensive line, I think we we take for granted sometimes because when you don't have a good offensive line, it makes games very difficult to watch. And we saw that for a long time watching Penn State play uh, with the the offensive yeah, line they threw yeah. on the field. Yeah, you know, honestly, speaking of Penn State, when you know. Olaf Shanu comes out next year. I mean, Olaf Shanu could very well be the number one pick in the draft next year. But um, I think next year is is if they're looking for that kind of cornerstone lineman, they're gonna they're gonna go take a first round pick on. I think it's next year's year to do it because it's a lot of guys coming out. And we'll get more into that. But um, you know, this year I think they're they're absolutely gonna draft their line. I think they'll probably take two offensive linemen, honestly. Well, they only have what five picks this year? They don't have a third or fourth round pick, I believe. But I think they have they have two like six. I can't remember what it was, but they're gonna draft an offensive lineman. I just I can't imagine with with you know a hole at cornerback and cornerbacks going right around that area that they don't take one yeah um i I, yeah i just couldn't see them going another direction i think i think the eagles actually moved back from 30 i think they trade back to try and pick up a a day two or day three pick yeah they'll they'll, they'll get a pick in round two and then they'll they'll try and add a a fourth or a third just to to have some more depth so i think that's probably gonna be the move at 30. Yeah, I think they're going to, I mean, the B. John Robinson thing was nice to think about, but I just think they're going to roll with with Penny now, uh, Gainwell. And, I mean, if he's there, Jaguar. but I, I can't imagine moving up for him. If he falls no, to you, yeah, yeah, I, I hope they don't. Yeah, I think I think with the Bills and Bengals both drafting before, I think one of those teams are going to to draft him if he's still on the board. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. There you have it, the starting five. Place your bets. Shane, we are on the eve of one of the best days of the year the first day of march madness uh i i I think i told the story around the beginning of uh of football season where um a couple like years ago right when i got out of college my first job i I worked i worked with with this girl and i was saying um you know it was like it was probably the the friday before our fantasy football draft on on saturday and i was just like i'm just so much more like enthused i'm so much happier around fantasy football season like i don't know why like everything just seems to get better for me and she was like, yeah, well, like when you put positive energy out in the world, you know, it, it tends to come, come back around to you. And, and that's exactly how I feel now. Like I had, I had a, I had a hop in my step today. I'm, you know, looking at brackets. I hear that. That's a winner right there. That's a perfect bracket right there. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I'm just so like, I just love it so much. It's such a, it's such a crazy two days where you're, you're watching four basketball games at once for two entire days. There's just nothing, nothing like it at all. It's, it's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and this year especially is unique because no, no one is like, you're not saying, all right, this team's going to the final four. Like it could be 
anyone this year. Um, you know, I, 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 what I always do, the first thing I do, I, I just use whatever knowledge I've picked up through the year and I just fill out a bracket. Just, just no research, just fill out a bracket. Then I go through and kind of whittle it down. Then I'm like, all right, I'm not really sure about either of these teams. Let me, let me do some more homework. I mean, I'm just finding a ton of upsets. I'm finding a lot of teams where, you know, I think they're, they're, they're overseeded or underseeded. It's going to be such an interesting, interesting March Madness. I mean, you're going to have billions of different brackets. It's, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. It's going to be interesting this year, especially because there are no Philadelphia teams in the bracket. So typically you have Villanova toward the top and, and usually we get another team to, to sneak in there, Temple, St. Joe's, LaSalle. Uh, sorry, Joe, not Drexel. But uh, Drexel has been in the tournament more recently than Penn, LaSalle, Temple, and St. Joe's. So there, wow. I think. Maybe not, but I think. <laughs> but we do have Penn State this year, and that gives, I think, both of us at least something to root yeah. for. So it's going to be good to have that. It would be good to have one of the, the city teams in it as well. But it does make it more interesting uh, in terms of how I'm filling out my brackets and especially for Penn State. So let's start there, get that out of the way. How far do you have Penn State going in your bracket? All right. Well, this, this is actually a really, really interesting you know, section. I have Penn State going to the Sweet 16. Um, Homer pick for sure. You know, Cam Winters, a Drexel guy who transferred there. A lot, a lot of love for him. Um, I think they beat Texas A&M. I don't think Texas A&M is that good. And Penn State, the other thing is Penn State is an experienced team and they're and they're hot right now. That's a that's that's a really important thing. Um and they're well Madness. coached. And they're very very well coached. Uh but in that uh in that, you know, the, so if they win that first game, they play the winner of Texas Colgate. I got Colgate winning that game. Wow. We had Shane McNichol on uh last week or two weeks ago talking about um some of the teams he thought might be susceptible to uh to a loss. I think Texas is one of those teams. Texas just won the Big 12 and they beat the hell out of Kansas. So they're coming off of this like super like crazy, you know, uh, emotional win. They don't have their head coach. And I think that that instability when you're coming off of that kind of emotional win and going into the tournament, that's a recipe for disaster. And now you're facing a team in Colgate who shoots a ton of threes and they have the best three point shooting percentage in the country. Uh, Colgate's extremely well coached and, you know, their coach, Matt Langle, who we've talked about as a, as a Penn guy and, and everything, uh, he, he could have very easily been coaching in any of the Power Five conferences this year. He had offers that he turned down um, to stay at Colgate. So Colgate, you know, wins their tournament fairly easily as, as they they're, you know, usually do. Uh, I think they shoot a ton of threes, and I think that they could beat Texas and jump them. Now when you face a team like Penn State that spreads the field kind of like Colgate and plays a similar style and simply just has better players, I think Penn State gets them. Um, now in that Sweet 16 matchup, I have him playing Xavier, who I happen to really like Xavier. That's another team. Creighton beat them by like 22 in the Big East tournament, um, sending them home. But I think Xavier has has talented players. I think, you know, as we get more into this, I think Creighton is a, a really, really, really good team. Um, but I think people are underestimating Xavier. So I think Xavier gets Penn State in the Sweet 16 and beats them. Um, so I've been going to the Sweet 16. How about you? Well, that sounds like a homer pick. Oh. I have them going to the Elite Eight. Oh. Same play out. I do you have them beating Texas. I have <laughs> them. Right. I have them. Uh, and, and, hold on. I have me, them being Xavier sorry. though, and then running into running into Houston and and simply losing just because I think the town at that point is going to going to catch up. But for the for the reasons you mentioned, they are one of the most experienced teams uh, from in terms of how many starts their players have. Now they haven't. They've had some transfers, so they haven't all played together. But in terms of their collegiate experience, they're one of the 
most starting, uh, most experienced starting fives. They, I think coaching is where it's really going to come down to. Shrewsbury has done an excellent job. And when you give a guy of his talent and what he's proven out so far this year, you get a Penn State team who simply doesn't quit, as we saw in the Big Ten Championship game against Purdue. And two days between between games, I think that uh, there will be coaching mismatch in round two, and they they will beat Texas. And ultimately, they're going to beat Xavier before they lose to Houston. The thing I was going to say, when you're filling out your bracket and you want to make an upset pick, you should look around ahead. So, like, if Texas, you know, I have Texas losing in round yep. one, but I don't think they get out of the round of 32. So it's not going to kill my bracket, you know, because um, I would have Penn State advancing anyway. So it would be, you know, win-win for me. Uh, the other thing I was I was going to mention, um, you know, Shrewsbury's coaching has uh, has landed him on, on the short list, I think, for the job at Georgetown. And it's really interesting to think that, you know, in Pat Kraft's first couple years as AD, his most important move, decision, maneuver is not going to be on the football field. <laughs> you know, it's going to be on the basketball court and keeping Michael Shrewsbury there to coach Penn State. Because uh, if you lose him, you're, you're in a world of hurt because you are losing a lot of players. Uh, his son, you know, is at State College High. He's a really good player, a four-star recruit. He's supposed to come to Penn State. Uh, so you're going to lose him too if you lose if you lose Michael Shrewsbury. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely homers. But, you know, Penn State just has the makeup of a team that can can go, you know, can, can go the distance. Not, not the distance, but can go uh, a couple rounds. So we, we're talking about obviously a 10 seed going to the sweet 16 and in your case into the elite eight in mine, do you have any other, I'd say long shots. So any, any teams from let's say 10 up making it to the sweet 16 or beyond, you know, I have, so I do, I have, I mean, if we just go to the South region um, and you have San Diego state versus Charleston and Virginia versus firm. And that's the five twelve and four thirteen. Um, I think Furman beats Virginia. Because I think they just jump them, and Virginia can't score with anybody. I mean, they would have to hold Furman to like 35 points to win the game. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So I have Furman winning that game. I'm really going back and forth with San Diego State and Charleston. Brian Dutcher is a really good coach out at San Diego State. Um, you know, I've seen them play a couple couple games because that's who's on at 11 o'clock at night when you're chasing. Uh, and they've looked great in some games and not good in other games. Charleston has been extremely consistent. They have four guys who are just going to score 15 points each. They're going to defend. They're going to have pace of play. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of was looking at, uh, you know, three-point shooting percentage, uh, turnover margin, um, rebounding differential, things like that. And Charleston is actually, you know, better than San Diego State in most of those categories. Granted, they're playing weaker competition in the CIA. So you have to kind of juggle that. But I do think that either Charleston or Furman, I'm not 100% sure where I'm going to go here, but I think Furman, I, I have Furman over Charleston if that come if that becomes a game. So I'm going to have Furman going to the sweet 16 as a 13 seed um, and then facing Alabama in that South region um, sweet 16. So that's, I think, I mean, in terms of, you know, double digit seeds going far, um, I think that is, you know, about the farthest I have, you know, another five twelve game to keep an eye on is Duke and Oral Roberts uh, disappointed in Oral Roberts being a, being a 12 seed and having to play Duke, who's just really hot right now. Uh, Oral Roberts has one of the best players in the country and Max Abemus, um, who can who can certainly score. But Duke's just been playing so well uh, that I think that's a tough matchup for them. But Oral Roberts is a team to to look out for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Furman, Charleston, you know, I just that 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 South region, I think you're going to have some upsets in there. 
Yeah, that one's interesting because I think with Duke, the way they're positioned as a five seed, if they get past Oral Roberts, and from from everything I've heard thus far, it sounds like that would be their most challenging matchup, really, to get them to the Sweet 16 uh, or even to the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. They they have it where they're positioned. There's not that much talent in, in that quadrant right there. However, yeah. I want to jump down to the West, and I have a, a similar uh, scenario playing out to what you described. All right, hold on. And- let, me, let me try to guess. Let me try to guess. Uh, this is, you're talking about a long shot. Yes. All right. I, I mean, is Iona too obvious? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, is that I, who it is? Well, well, right. there's one, that's one. Okay. Uh, let's see. You don't have Grand Canyon beating Gonzaga, do you? I do not. All right. Grand Canyon only, only plays well at home. Um, so then you must have VCU over St. Mary's. I do. Yeah. So, okay. I do too. and yeah. it, it goes back to, as I'm looking ahead, I, I like Kansas this year. Uh, moving ahead to the Sweet 16 and ultimately, um, actually, I, I have them in my Final Four. So I have them moving along. So if you think about the the teams that, that they'll have to play to get there, you look at uh, teams like Iona. They're playing UConn. UConn's hot right now. I think everyone, yeah. UConn's one of those underdog picks that I see a lot of people taking. And then St. Mary's is just, they're the darlings from last year, right? <laughs> so when you get a team like VCU going up against Iona, I have Iona going all the way to the Sweet 16 because I think they get a nice matchup in the second round and ultimately get on to Kansas. So I have an 11 seed in my Sweet 16. Yeah, the absolute. Oh, I'm sorry, the, a, a 13 seed in my Sweet 16. Yeah, the, the absolute game of of the the first round that I have circled is UConn Iona. I think that's going to be just a war. Um, you know, gotta love Patino, love Hurley on UConn going ballistic. You know, the entire uh, the entire game. But um, the other thing, you know, I have Kansas going to the the Final Four too. Um, and like I said, they just they you know they just got beat by you know by Texas. They don't they didn't have Bill Self who has some sort of medical issue, but he's supposed to be back for the tournament. Um, one of the biggest things out of this out of this region is I don't think Gonzaga is that great, and and VCU doesn't really have. I'm sorry, not VCU. UCLA is injured, so they have two, you know, two key injuries there. Where I just don't think that they're going to have enough to, to really get through. Um, you know, some of the teams are going to have to play. So I'm, I'm just, I, I, you know, and this would be the region where I say maybe TCU comes out of it, uh, and and can, you know, if they can, if they can get by, you know, Gonzaga in the, in the second round, um, you know, there's a possibility there. But I just think Kansas has. Do you think? I mean, well, I'll ask you. Do you think Kansas has the easiest path to the Final Four? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think me, it looks it up front because you have Gonzaga and UCLA, but you're, you're, you know, Gonzaga hasn't, they're a three seed. They should, yeah, I, do. They, I think, know. I think, especially of the number one seeds, I think Kansas that, has, yeah, has the right. easiest yeah. path. Yeah. So let me ask you uh, the, the next question, which would be, you mentioned Texas being upset by Colgate. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that your biggest upset of the tournament? Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, I don't think any of these 16s are beating the ones. So I don't have a 16 beating a one. However, I do have a one losing in round two. I have Purdue. Ah, damn you. Losing to FAU in round two. That's going to be, that's going to be a popular pick. Um, And and the reason being FAU, they are a fast team. They score a lot of points and they can chuck the three pointer. So if you watch what Purdue does, they will destroy anyone on the boards, but they're going to slow the game down because they're going to pass it down low to Edie. And he's going to either shoot a five, shoot, foot jump shot or kick it out for three. Now, what is the best way to challenge that? It's to run the floor and get some quick threes up. And if you're trading three for two, 
you're going to have to go away from your bread and butter, which has been all year to, to feed Edie in the middle. So I think that Purdue's going to get caught at some point in this tournament. And I see if FAU makes it out of the first round, I think they're going to upset Purdue in the second. So Purdue in the first round plays uh, Fairleigh Dickinson won the, the playing game today against their tonight against Texas Southern. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson does not start any players over six foot six. Oh my God. <laughs> and Zach Edie is seven foot four. So that's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting first round. But, you know, out of that region, you know, the, the team, I mean, I, do, do we, are we given our final four? Are we given our national title? How do you want to, how do you want to do that? Yeah. I mean, anything else to cover before we jump to the final four? No, I don't see, I don't have all my picks, but I have my final four. Like I know what it's going to end up as. <laughs> that's great. Well, you have, you have a few hours left. So yeah, exactly. Uh, what, um, sure. So go ahead. What are your, who are your final four? So out of the South, I have Creighton. Um, I think if Creighton gets by Baylor, then they're they're in they're in business. I just I I think that you know a karma catches up to Alabama or B you know you have you have Brandon Miller walking around with armed guards at at, yeah. at the tournament like that's got to get in your head. Um, so I think Bama susceptible to losing. I think they lose to Creighton though in in the Elite Eight. Um, I, I just think Creighton's well coached. They have a bunch of good players. You know, Cockbrenner is a really good player. They have the transfer from uh, uh, South Dakota. Uh, South Dakota State, really, really good players. They have like four guys who I think can go to the NBA. I also think that Arizona is, I, look, I, I really think they're well coached. I think they have good players, but I think, you know, they're going to, look, I don't think Princeton's going to beat them, but but Princeton plays really tough and they're really well coached. That's going to be a tough game. And then, I, you know, you have Missouri or Utah State in the second round. Utah State's coached by Ryan Odom, who coached UMBC when they upset uh, Virginia. So he, he's a pretty good coach. He's got his eyes on a bigger, bigger job and a win there would be huge for him. I actually have Missouri winning that game, though. Um, they play good defense. They don't turn the ball over. Uh, so I think Missouri is a tough, tough team to play. So I don't know if Creighton's necessarily going to have to beat Arizona. If they do play them, I think they can beat them. So I have Creighton coming out of out of the South. Uh, you know, we mentioned Purdue. You think they might get upset in the in the Elite Eight now or the uh, second round rather to an eight or to a nine seed? That would be great for me because I have Marquette coming out of there. So I have Creighton and Marquette um, on one side of my bracket. I think Marquette is hot at the right time. They have a coach who, again, you know, he got VCU to the Final Four when they were coming out of the CAA. So uh, Shaka Smart is, is a really good coach. Uh, Midwest and West. Look, I I went over it a thousand different ways. It's Houston. I think they're the best team. And then Kansas, because I don't think they're going to get, you know, challenged as, as much as some of the other teams are. So I have Houston and Kansas coming out, you know, two one seeds, nothing, nothing great, but I just, I couldn't figure out another way to do it. So my final, am I given picks like full, full picks? So let me, let me just run All through right. my, yeah, give me final my four. final four. I'll keep it quick because they're very similar to yours. Uh, I also have Marquette. I All have right. Houston and I have Kansas. Okay. However, I do have Alabama coming out of the South. You're right though. That that whole uh bracket in in that quadrant is is going to be the most difficult because Creighton's good, Arizona's good. I like all three of those teams. So I actually have Arizona knocking off Creighton and then Alabama mm-hmm. beating Arizona to get to the final four. Of those, I have uh Alabama and Houston in the championship with Houston winning it all. I have uh, Marquette and Houston in the championship with Marquette winning it all. Oh, wow. That is, that's a we're, great. We're actually, we're actually kind of similar. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that's a yeah. great pick for, I guess, how many brackets are you in? And I think that type of pick is better for a bracket in which there's a lot of people because yeah. everyone's going to have, have one seeds winning it all. Oh, right? yeah. So if yeah. you're trying to differentiate yourself, you could be out of it round two, but you could also be one of the ones who, who are the last ones at by taking uh by taking a long shot. Yeah. I'm doing um one family bracket, uh, the believe network uh, bracket. 
Um, and then, you know, Shane McNichols plus your back uh, player, you know, picks um, where you pick, you know, a player for your team. You go to plus to see that. We talked about it last week with, uh, with Shane. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not doing a ton, but I feel I, I, I only use one bracket. Like I don't, I don't deviate cause I, I want to have a rooting interest in every gotcha. game. So I just do, I don't deviate at all. Yeah. I'm down to one this year and and that's for the same reason I, I filled out two, but they are the same exact bracket yeah. just so that I don't have to, uh, don't have to stress over it. Yep. Place your bets. Let's dive into some betting odds. Joe, you mentioned you have Furman going to the Sweet 16. To make it to the Sweet 16, there's odds on that. Yes is plus 790, while no is minus 1500. Do you see, I guess, what's your strategy for betting? Would you rather take the uh, long shot right now, plus 790, or would you rather bet this money line, because they will be underdogs on a game-by-game basis? In this case, I think I would take the long shot because I think that you know, I don't know that they're necessarily going to have to, you know, face San Diego State in the second round. I think they might be facing Charleston in that round. And even if they do have to face San Diego State, I think they can beat them. Um, I definitely think they can beat Virginia. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I think for for that that particular case, I would I would take them going to the Sweet Sixteen because just the way I kind of see it playing out in my head, it just makes more sense to to hammer it that way. Um, but I think that you know, on a case by case basis, you have to sort of pay attention to, uh, you know, that that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at some other odds. I mean, Iona is in a similar situation. I currently have them in my Sweet 16. That's plus 980. Uh, Penn State, on the other hand, to make it to the Elite Eight would be the other long shot that I would be considering. And that is plus 1120 to make it to the Elite Eight. So there might be some opportunity there. Uh, how about for the Final Four bets? Do you, do you take any of those for the, the teams you mentioned to make it to the Final Four? I guess with the one seeds, there's not too much value, but for a team like Creighton or Marquette, Creighton specifically, there's a little bit more value there. You, would you touch that? Yeah, I think Creighton would be a team that I'd be interested in in putting into the uh, putting into the the Final Four. Like another team I think is really good is Xavier, but when when I look at it, they're going to have to beat Houston. And I don't know that they can do that, so I'm not you know as bullish on on them. Um, I, I, you know, I think you can also like you said, you know, maybe in your case when you look at um, you know the the East region, you know where I have Marquette coming out of, but you know if you think Purdue can can get beat you know by Florida Atlantic in, in the second round, maybe um, you know, and then maybe maybe Duke loses to Oral Roberts, Tennessee, or or Louisiana, um, then you could be looking at something where all right, you know, maybe Florida Atlantic's a team that goes to the yeah, the elite eight. Um, I think that that's within the realm of possibility. So, um, you know, that, that, that's kind of the way that I, that I look at it of, you know, what are the scenarios that would make it easier for them, easiest for them to get there? Um, you know, and then the other bet I'm going to put on a long shot is I'm going to put uh, a bet on, on, on Colgate to go to the final four. Uh, you know, I, I mean, we saw what St. Peter's did last year. They were, they were absolutely, uh, you know, incredible. And then their run to the, to the, uh, um, run through the tournament. So, you know, it's, it, there's a little bit of a precedent for a 15 seed to make some noise. And I, you know, so I, I might throw a little bit on, on Colgate to do that. Um, I don't want to be the guy that has them, you know, making a huge upset in the first round and then not, not betting them all the way to the final four. Come on. So, yeah, I think, well, I think you that, are getting some odds there. It's 170 to one for them beautiful. to make it to the final four. So I want to sprinkle a few dollars on that one. And it's, what are they? Plus 50,000 with the national title. Hmm. Maybe I've been, maybe I've been, Take it a step further. <laughs> now you're getting crazy. But <laughs> there are some other odds to win the national title. And looking down the list, I, I've tossed, I've spread some money out on some long shots here. Some of the uh, blue bloods, I took Duke, I took Kentucky. They're currently both, uh, I got them plus at plus 
3,500, so 35 to one on, on each of those. I also have Creighton at 35 to one. I took that before this tournament started and uh, sprinkle a little bit of money on Penn State. Why not? Homer Why bet. Not? Any long shots that you have have already bet or plan to bet? Uh, Creighton, you know, you mentioned, and then TCU would be the other one where I think that uh, they, they played they played really well. They, they've hit a little bit of a hiccup, um, but I think Jamie Dixon's a good coach. I think they have good players. Uh, so that's another team that I, you know, I'm probably going to put a little bit of uh, a little bit of money on. And then if you look, you know, got a team that I think, you know, a little bit further down than them is is Indiana. Um, I think that, you know, they have, they have Trace Jackson Davis, who's one of the best players in, in college hoops. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll, I think, like, honestly, I think he's going to go late second round of the draft just because he's 23 years old. Um, but that's a guy who can definitely be, you know, take over game himself and, and, and you know, kind of put his team to um, put his team in a position to win really any game. So Indiana is another team that I that I look at. And of course, you know, Mike Woodson has some Sixers ties as he was, a you know, assistant under Larry Brown for the good years. So, um, you know, Indiana is another team that I that I'm interested in. Um, as I look at the list, though, there's a lot of teams where I think, uh, you know, you might want to avoid um, if you're looking at a long shot. And I know Miami made some noise last year. Uh, I, I'm not not big on Miami this year, <laughs> though. Um, Iowa State is a team that that you know made a nice nice push last year. I think they got to the Elite Eight, or no, they get to the Elite Eight or final or a uh, Sweet Sixteen. I can't remember, but Iowa State's another team that I'm just not sold on this year. I think that there's a little bit of recency bias with with both them and Miami. Yeah, for me, I'm staying away from I'd say the top ten teams in terms of. Uh, value to to win it. Houston, Alabama, Kansas, mm. Purdue, yeah. UCLA, Gonzaga, Texas. I just don't see. Although we, I think I had three. I have three teams who are a number one seed making it to the final four. I just don't see the value there. I think in those cases, you're much better off just betting the teams on a, on a, a game by game basis and and trying to make your profit on those teams that way. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Final prediction: You have Marquette winning it all. Is that correct? Marquette over Houston. Yep. I have Houston and um, I'm sticking to it. Who do you have them beaten? I have them beating Alabama. Alabama. All right. It's going to be, it's going to be a good one. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Place your bets. For Joseph Manera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate, review, subscribe. And always, bet on yourself. Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?